Today we have on Trevor Huth to start our draft preview. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, July 4th. Happy 4th of July, 2023. Thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. And today we have on a very special guest. Trevor Huth will be joining us, uh, and we're going to begin our draft, I guess, preview is probably the right word, but yeah. Trevor, Trevor and I, I actually don't remember like the first time we ever interacted really, but we've kind of just always been like in the same circles. Obviously, currently Baseball HQ, just baseball. Bless you boys. Very big in the Tigers community. You do work for all of them. Uh, How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'll tell you what, this has been like a year and a half in the making, yeah. me making my, my appearance on Locked on Tigers because we, we've we talked about it. It's just never quite panned out. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm able to hop on with you. For real. At very last second, too. I was just like, hey, off day. Are you in? And you were like, yeah, absolutely. So planning a year and a half in advance and then planning in like two hours advance. Um, so obviously very busy season and very very busy time of the year for you uh with the draft right around the corner you and i will be on the motor city metrics draft show together as well so that'll be kind of a a fun thing we do with raj and chris we're on that pretty much every year at this point going on year three that's actually where we met when you as you were saying that i was thinking about it that's where we met was that first draft show when the tigers drafted uh jackson job yeah oh yeah i guess it was i guess it was yeah man that was a that was a heck of a night uh, that still continues to be a heck of a night, honestly, I guess. Um, but so obviously a very, very big draft for the Detroit Tigers. They have the third overall pick um, and there's a lot of different possibilities. I want to start with just talking about these guys as individuals to give people kind of a, a background and an insight on who they are as players individually. And then as the show goes on, we'll kind of tie in the Tigers aspect of like, You know, at three, who's going to be there if this and this and this happens? Who do you want? I want you to weigh in on the skeins or bat discussion that everybody seems to be debating on. Um, But let's start with Wyatt Langford. He, for most of the summer, has been like the, at one point in May, like borderline consensus, like one three pick to end up with the Tigers. Now lately, you know, mocks are kind of changing a little bit. Some people are changing their mind, but for a very long time, Wyatt Langford, the uh, outfielder from Florida, uh, got a lot of reps in center, but I think long-term people kind of expect him to move to the corner. Big bat, obviously, a lot of thump in his bat. What do you see from Wyatt Langford? What do you like about him? What do you not? I am a huge Wyatt Langford fan, and I, I, I'm i sure if anybody, any of your listeners follow me on Twitter, they know that I've basically been Dylan Cruiser bust since the lottery happened. Um, and, and it's not true. I mean, it's, I, I like to have fun on Twitter, so I'm making jokes, right? <laughs> Wyatt Langford is a very good baseball player. I mean, he is very good. If, if it gets said, and I think it's true, if, it, if this were any other year except this one, Wyatt Langford would be the first overall pick. I mean, it's it's just that simple. But you have Dylan Cruz, you have Paul Skeens, so it's it's a matter of bad luck in his part, 
on his part. And good luck, I think, for the Tigers, because there's a top three where any three of those could be considered a cornerstone prospect for your organization. And the Tigers were not supposed to pick third. They were right. the odds had them at like sixth or seventh, and seventh, the lottery yeah, think, yeah. kept bumping them up and up. And now they have a chance at one of these big three. And I think that walking away with Wyatt Langford or Dylan Cruz is a win. And I know that didn't answer anything I like about Langford. I'll get there. But I think uh, the point is, I think Langford's a really, really good player. And I think he would be very good for the Tigers. Um, I think you could uh, leave him in center long, uh, long term. I think that conversation would kind of turn out to be like the conversations about having Riley Green in center field, where everybody's like, he probably can't stick there. But Riley Green does great in center field. I mean, he, he works hard out there. I've heard nothing but good things about Langford. He's faster than you think he is just because he has so much power. I think people go, he's not that fast. He's fast. Don't get me wrong. So I love the bat. I think that, I mean, you watch him. It's a middle of the order bat. You can project it out to be, he's going to play a good outfield for you. And if you end up with Langford and Riley Green in center or in, in the outfield somewhere, I think you're doing great. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, too, you know, trying to project where he's he lands defensively. I, I think the Tigers are in a unique position, and I don't want this to sound too much like 2020 because then people are going to freak out again. But, like, you almost you almost don't care. Like, if the bat is there, like, you'll, you'll find a place for him. He's not going to be a negative defender in the corners or anything like that. Like, you're you're gonna live with that and especially you know we we have conversations on here and and all the you know all over the place about where riley green ends up long term i mean if you can project an outfield like let's say neither of them stick in center and they're just like huge plus defenders in the corner and then you find a you know 70 80 defender in comerica center like you're talking about a truly like you know, I, I always use the quote Derek Hill's father and his major league debut views like nothing falls in the outfield but raindrops. Like that's that's like kind of the, the vibe that I would get there. But obviously you're drafting him like like you said for the bat. Um offensively, Tigers need uh of impact, you know, power, honestly, bat throughout this organization. That's it's very, very thin there. Uh I mean I, not really a softball question, but that's obviously the player type he is. How do you think he projects as far as, you know, a, a pure power middle of the lineup bat goes? I think he, I think he does. <laughs> I, uh, I, you say you don't want to bring it back to 2020, right? In 2020, you got Spencer Torkelson first overall. They announced him as a third baseman. I said on several different podcasts, it does not matter what they announce him as. You're not drafting him to play the field. Right. And I think that's probably not the smartest way to go. I think that's where the team was at the time to be fair, but um, I don't know that you're, you're not giving up defense with Langford and here's, here's the difference between one, one and one, three this year. We know Dylan Cruz is a center fielder. Yeah. We do not know if Wyatt Langford's a center fielder. That is kind of the only difference between the two that I've noticed. I mean, and that's in watching some of the college world series that's in reading stuff. Everybody's so high on Langford and what he can do with a bat in his hands they just don't know where he projects defensively, where Dylan Cruz is an amazing defender with great reactions, you know, good routes, all that stuff. So I think Langford has every opportunity to be a middle of the order bat. I think he could become what we all thought or hope Spencer Torkelson's going to become. I say thought because that's been a very uh, sure long Not road sure. for him, but yeah. keep up hope. He's awesome. But it's just with with Langford, it's just hard to go wrong. And and I'll be honest, I have Cruz one, Langford two, some space, and then I have Paul Skeens. Yeah. 
I think Langford and Cruz are just up there in their own echelon. And if you get one of those two at pick number three, you're going to find yourself a really good hitter for the future. Well, let's transition into the, in this fan base, ever controversial Paul Skeens. I feel like in a lot of other fan bases, it's just, oh, that's like the best pitcher in the draft. But just because of where the Tigers fall in this draft with the third overall pick, Paul Skeens is a huge, just, point of debate uh i mean comfortably the best pitcher in the country throws 100 good secondary stuff great command with his 100 it's absolutely unbelievable to watch um what do, <laughs> what do you like about paul skeeds really a tough question yeah just you're really really uh, making it hard on me scott <laughs> um so skeeds there is not a scenario where the tigers draft paul skeeds and i walk away upset with what happened let me yeah. start with that now, if Wyatt Langford or Dylan Cruz is on the board and they walk away with Paul Skeens, I will probably be slightly upset, but still not that upset because you get Paul Skeens. He is ridiculous. He's so good. He's a great pitcher. When you draft, you don't draft for need. Everybody knows that in baseball, you do not draft for need. However, given the history of the Tigers and given where their current prospects are, I think it would be better suited for the team to take a bat, to take a college bat, because what the Tigers have done really well recently is run out any pitcher they want, and somehow they are going to give you solid innings and help you compete in baseball games. What the Tigers have not had is an offense that's going to compete and help you win baseball games consistently. The Tigers are going like 20 deep right now on starting pitchers since they keep getting hurt all the time. And are so... Keep it yeah, out of the water. <laughs> yeah, Scott, we're next off the bench. But it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> but but they keep putting out guys who compete. Even let's talk about Reese Olsen for a second. He was not supposed to be anything. He wasn't supposed to be anything this year. Uh, I thought that he could be a starter, but I said, you know what? This year he's on the 40. He might end up in the bullpen, and that'll be all right. But he comes up, and he's putting together these awesome starts, right? So the Tigers can do that. They've shown that they can do that. If you get schemes, you might get your front man in your rotation. Awesome. Perfect. Great outcome for the draft. But if if they want to take a step forward, even though you're not drafting for need, I think that they're better suited to take a bat. So um, I, I know you wanted me to talk about what I like about Skeens, but everybody at this point knows what Paul Skeens yeah. is. He throws hard. He's nasty. He's a good pitcher. I just wanted to get my point across that maybe it might be worth going for a hitter, even if Langford and Cruz go one and two in whatever order and you decide, I want to take a different bat that we're probably going to talk about later over Skeens, I actually wouldn't be upset with that because I think that helps the Tigers um, win in a window where you have Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. Sure. Yeah, no, 100%. Let's uh, let's keep the conversation rolling. Obviously, you can see our itinerary there. I, I want to ask you about Cruz just because there is some, you know, changing in mocks where maybe he's not the slam dunk 1-1. We'll talk about that right after I tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on MLB at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on everything from the money line, the over under, who you think is going to hit the first home run, etc. It's all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. 
Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All righty, we are back here, segment two of Locked on Tigers with Trevor Huth talking about the draft. I'm really pumped that the Tigers had an off day today. I was like, like, usually I don't. Usually I hate off days because it's just like part of my like daily routine to watch the Tigers and at this point. But this was one with the draft so close. So I'm, I'm very happy to, to have you on and finally have a discussion about the draft. So let's talk Dylan Cruz. Uh, we, we've talked Langford. We've talked Skeens. Dylan Cruz put together genuinely one of the most impressive seasons I've seen from a bat in a while. He reached base in every single game the entire season. That's unbelievable. Um, For most of the year, and even dating back to last year, he was the consensus like 1-1 throughout the winter, throughout the early part of the season, throughout the regular season, into the College World Series. Everybody was like, yeah, this dude's 1-1. Then like two weeks ago, some people were like, yeah, like he's an incredible talent, 1-1 caliber for sure. If he goes 1-1, no one's going to be surprised. But... It wouldn't be the most shocking thing if a Langford or a Skeens perhaps leapfrogged him at number one overall. And then, like, slot money is a big thing. We can talk about that as well. You know, like, maybe the Pirates want to go under slot. Um, where do you fall on, I guess, Dylan Cruz, the player? But, again, like, he's a phenomenal player. There, there's a really not a whole lot not to like. Um, but where do you fall on where he's going to end up on draft night as well? Finally, a tough question. Um, Because that, no, seriously, that is a hard question because he is, without a doubt, in my mind, 1 1. I mean, there's no one else that I would rather have if I were picking first overall. Yeah. Um, But the Pirates have proven to be weird and it works for them. Don't get me wrong. And the draft itself is a year ago. But you look back uh, when they took Henry Davis first overall a couple years ago. that was not necessarily the guy everybody expected to go first. I think people expected Marcelo Mayer to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't, right? So that now, granted, that class did not have a slam dunk one one. Right. That class was kind of it could be anybody. So Davis wasn't that weird, but Davis also saved them money. Here's the thing: the Pirates have the most slot money, if I'm not mistaken, of any team out there. Yeah. Tigers have the second most. Again, could be mistaken. Not great with numbers. I worked in radio. That's what I went to college for. But the the Pirates could say, hey, I want to spend this money wisely. If we can get uh, Max Clark is the name I heard, right? You get Clark going 1-1 because he definitely wants to be the first overall pick. Yeah. You save a ton of money. Clark gets way more money than he thought. If, if people don't know how that works, that's what happened with Job too, right? So Job expected to go in like the 10-15 range or whatever it was, but he ends up going at three. He gets paid more money than he would have gotten at 10 to 15 and the Tigers save money and eventually spend it on time Madden and we uh, you and I had that conversation on the draft show that night we were like this like it's a weird pick we understand Mm -hmm. but like look what they're about to do in the comp round in rounds two three Mm -hmm. when they go over slot the next three or four picks exactly and I'm sorry it's not even a weird pick that that man is a is a unic is a data unicorn yeah he has a fastball big Jackson Job fan let me tell you (laughs) I, I am because Here's the thing. We're going on a tangent. I don't even care. Hey, he has it. a fastball and a, a breaking ball that both have elite spin numbers. 
Like his fastball is twenty five hundred ish, and his his breaking ball is three or yeah three thousand ish. Tell me who has that kind of spin. Like it is a spin unicorn that the Tigers can work with. And he went from if you just watched his first season, I, I, he went from being a guy who had no idea how to pitch. He was just throwing the ball. By the end of the expect- year, he, yeah, he was going two times through the lineup, no hit, like you know one hit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right? So he learned how to pitch. He's learning how to use his pitches. Then he gets hurt, and everybody freaks out again. He's coming back, and I've got nothing but positive news on yeah, what he's been really doing. Good. People who have gone to see him, all that stuff. So Jackson Job's a good pick. we got to get over it. Um, I, <laughs> I'll yeah. stand by. Anyway, if that happens with the Pirates, the Tigers might actually get Dylan Cruz. I know this goes into our scenarios conversation, so I, yeah. I'll, I'll hold off a little bit. But, sure. but if that's what they decide to do, it's very possible Cruz falls, and that would be awesome for the Tigers. Um We'll see if that happens because, again, he is just – he's such a good talent. He can hit. He can hit for power. He can field. He can throw. He can run. And he probably has a sixth tool that none of us can talk about. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he just, he's hes so good. Um, he, he's as good of a prospect for the draft as you've seen in years and years, I think, in all of the three years, three, four years I've been following the draft at least. Um, but, you know, he's he, – I've lost the question at this point, but Cruz is really good. And I think there's a chance he comes to the Tigers and I would love it. And I'm going to speak it into existence. How about that? <laughs> I love it. No, we'll, we'll get more into to that with the, the scenarios conversation at the end, for sure. I, I, I do want to talk. Um, there's a few more players I want to talk about in a vacuum, and then we'll get into kind of like the, the Tigers at three and, and what to expect there. Um, I, I want to compare and contrast the two big prep bats in this draft. So Walker Jenkins, and then, as you already mentioned, the aforementioned Max Clark, um, like I want to say like four months ago, I was a huge Clark fan. I, I, I thought that um, he was a guy that kind of not that he was going to end up putting up the same numbers or whatnot, but he kind of projected the same way as like Cruz. I, I thought that he was kind of a similar play style as that. And then this season, Walker Jenkins went from a guy who was like, you know, he's going to be a, probably a first round pick. He could go to college. We'll see what happens to now, I mean, there's a legitimate case that he's going to be a top five pick in this draft, you know, projects as kind of a more power bat in the high school side of things. Um, when comparing and contrasting those two, I guess, A, as players, which one, and is it too blunt to just be like, which one do you like more? And then like B, when it comes to the draft itself, I mean, you, you already talked about Max Clark has made a huge kind of push to be like, hey, I think I should be the number one overall pick. I'll take, you know, under slot to do it, whatever. And and Jenkins, not as much. So where do you see kind of both of them falling on draft night as well? Oh, man. So I'll be fully honest. I have put a lot less effort into figuring out um, where these prep guys at the top of the draft might go. It's hard. That's (laughs) that's just because I – don't think that's going to be for the Tigers. Sure. Um, and, and I do follow, you know, for the other websites, I do follow just the rest of baseball. So I have just enough understanding of them. But it's so hard to guess where a prep guy might go because it depends solely on what the team thinks of that player. Um, Jackson Job, a perfect case of it. He was, everybody's like, yeah, this kid's good. He's got all this fun stuff. He started being like a back end of the first round kind of guy. Then as the draft got closer, he was kind of in the middle of the first round until all of a sudden the Tigers and Alavila is out watching him at a game. And you kind of thought, oh, okay. So I guess the Tigers are going to go, right? He was the Tigers guy at three. And that is kind of what goes into these these prep picks, I think, is that has to be the guy of, of of the team. 
because there is just so much more risk than when, when you go for a college guy and it can work out and it can work out amazing, but figuring out where they're going to fall is just, it's just so hard. I doubt Clark drops out of the top five. Um, sure. I think that depending on who's available, depending on what happens, I don't think he falls past the uh, Rangers right after the, the, the Tigers pick. Um, although if the Rangers pass on him, he might make it out of the top five. Cause I don't, it's just, it's in, the twins uh, MO to go a college bat that has power hundred percent. So it, it could go Clark. Cause I picked Royce Lewis at one point, but we'll see. I, th- I think he might slide down a little farther if he doesn't get picked at four or one, but, um, and Jenkins again, he could go anywhere too. I, he, maybe the Rangers side, they like Jenkins more. Um, so I, I don't have much to say about their talent and abilities. Cause I said, I haven't really no, put yeah, any kind of time sure. into watching them, but as in, in terms of preps getting drafted, it's it's hard to predict, and that's kind of what makes it fun. They're they're almost the pieces that are like that make the draft go weird, because the college guys can go all ducks in a row if you want them to, because we have so much data on them. There's just not a ton when it comes to prep guys. I feel like no, for sure, it's it's significantly less, especially for. I mean, I was going to say the general public, but really for everybody, like there's like media, like scouts, writers, whatever. There's significantly less on. The high school, the high school guys, obviously, but yeah, I mean that that can be a huge wrench and everything. The the last player I want to talk about before we get into how the the draft can kind of shake down is is Kyle Teal has been a name that has popped up a lot uh, in the last couple of weeks in the Tigers circles, just because I I almost feel like there was really wasn't any legs to it. It just like like somebody said like oh the tigers are going to like take Kyle Teal and then everybody was like oh that's so dumb the tigers are so dumb and it like hasn't even happened yet like so i i do want to ask your opinion on uh on uh, Kyle Teal the player he's a catcher probably the best catcher in the country i mean was uh, a solid defender behind the plate hit really well we we've seen uh what was two last year was the big like catcher draft or the you know what's his face from georgia tech and whatnot so he you know teal kind of the the next wave there um so i I do want to ask about you know what you think of him as a player but obviously then i want to transition to and i guess that's a natural transition of the scenarios thing like if the tigers take him at three what is your reaction i this is where the entire Tigers fan base turns on me. <laughs> I like it. I do. Um, I So I'm just going to plug it now. Uh, coming up on Baseball yeah. HQ, I will have uh, a write-up of Kyle Teal, Rhett Lauder, and uh, Yohandi Morales. Um, and I finished writing that literally the, this morning. So a few hours before we started recording this, I wrote, I watched and I wrote up Kyle Teal. And I would not be upset with the pick. Like I said, you want to walk away with one of the big three because you're picking at three. I get it. If they decide to pass on Skeens or if Skeens goes, well, if they pass on Langford or Cruz and one of them's there, I'm going to be upset. But if they pass on Skeens to go Teal, I would not be upset with that. Here's Because what you're getting is, one, a catcher who's going to stay a catcher. He's got all the ability. He's got he's he's got good mobility out of the crouch. Um, like Henry Davis. You look it up on Twitter where he's running halfway up the line and throws it throws it without his uh with his body you know off balance and yeah it's crazy and that's another thing i see that and I'm like okay he's playing hard behind the plate like he's gonna make the plays for you um but it's his bat that's so interesting i think because he, his, his power took a massive leap forward this year it seemed like um 
and he's got a quick compact swing and he can put the bat on the ball. It's his, it's his bat to ball skills that really have teams excited about him. Um, and the rumors come by the way, because uh, um, I, I mean, I read something this morning from Joe Doyle who does really good draft stuff yeah, fantastic. during the college world series, the tigers had tons and tons of scouts out watching Teal. So they are clearly interested. Now, Joe did mention that was more of a backup plan. Sure. Um, and I, I think, it, the way I interpret that is that's a backup plan for Langford or Cruz. Right. They want one of those two, one, two. And if they're gone, yeah. then the Tigers might go teal at three. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I, I, there's, I wrote something to this effect in the article. Okay. He's not Adley Rutschman. You don't want him going one, one, right? He's not Adley Rutschman. I perfectly understand that, but he's a very, very good catcher who looks like he's going to be a very good hitter, or at least he's going to put the ball in play. And he's got a nice compact swing. It's fast. There's going to be some pop there. I mean, we're talking about a catcher. So we don't need him to hit 30 home runs. That'd be cool. But we don't need him to hit 30 home runs, right? If he can get 10 home runs, 15 home runs out of his power, cool. As long as he's hitting the ball well, you have a solid catcher. And if you get that at 1-3, I know you could. You're, everybody's going to look back and go, "Well, you could have had Skeens if that's how it works out." I don't. I don't count that as a loss because, like I said earlier, you, where the Tigers are, they've proven beyond a reasonable doubt. I think to this point that they can make or they can uh, develop pitchers to be competitive at the major league level. Doesn't mean you're going to get aces. I get that, but but they just need this injection of hitting, right? So if you take Teal and Teal starts to hit. Uh, uh, Jace Young kicks it in, Pacheco, um, obviously Colt Keith, right? That's just, what, four guys that you add into Torkelson and Green. That's a pretty solid lineup, and that's just what you're getting in-house. Right. And then you can roll out, you know, maybe Mize takes a step forward and is healthy. Manny, right? They have the pitching. Obviously, Scooble's coming back. But I think that they can make enough pitching to be a good team. I just – I don't know that the hitting is coming along the way it wants to, but – New regime. I can't say that enough. We don't know what this regime is about yet. And that's the biggest question. mark. So if they feel like a college hitter is the way to go, I'm right there with them. I, I agree. If they feel like Skeens is the way to go, it's hard to argue that as well. But but Kyle Teal is going to be a very good player. He's going to be one that, that just like Job, I don't think fans are going to embrace right away unless he comes out of the gates and is amazing. But I think he's going to be a very, very good player. And, and I don't know. I, I, I do think you could project him to at least compete for all-star bids at some point during his career, if not be a perennial all-star. I mean, it's just, it's all there. You just have to figure out how to season it down. And that's why I think Kyle Teal is probably a a solid pick over Skeens if it comes to that. For sure. Well, and and yeah, that, that's the, the huge debate is um, I I think you and I are both very much on the same page where if, if Cruz or Langford is there at three, that is the pick. I don't even think you really, take any time to think about it or mull it over I, I think you send in that card right away um and, and but it, it where it gets tricky is if Cruz goes one and Langford goes two or whatever and then the Tigers are there at three and it's uh, for a lot of the fan base that's like that's worst case scenario now you're sitting there and it's like okay you take another pitcher which has been what with this team uh, outside of the, the Torgelson and Green pick. It's been their MO for the last like seven, eight years. And you're not getting, obviously you missed out on one of the impact bats, but like mm-hmm. you can't really control what teams ahead of you do. So 
is there a bat in this draft that is worth taking over Skeens? Obviously, you just voiced your opinion on Teal. I'm wondering if there's any other bats in this draft. I know the prep guys can be super weird. There's a very real chance that the Tigers, you know, maybe they are in love with Walker Jenkins. And they're like, oh, you know, like maybe that's the the pick at three. They're going to take a high upside prep guy over over Skeens. That'd be, you know, risky for sure. But like it's either that or a pitcher for a lot of people. And so – is there any other bats in this draft that you look at and you go, if it's if Langford and Cruz go one two, this is my short list of people I would still take over schemes? I don't think so. Um, I, I really I, I didn't even have Teal in that group until this morning. So sure. I, it's just it's it, that's really hard. And I, the the good thing is the Tigers are in a position where it's very hard to do something wrong. Yeah. Um, even if they don't take one of the top three, there's still so much talent right there at the top. It's very hard to go in a wrong direction. If they pick me, they've done it wrong. If they (laughs) pick any of the actual players, they're probably doing pretty good. And I don't, I mean, it's, it's been a long, long road for this team trying to get back to being competitive. And I get that. It has been a lot of interesting decisions being made by those in charge. And I get that, but we just need to think about who's in charge right now. You have Harris at the top coming from the Giants. Giants have done a really good job finding value out of players who maybe aren't valuable. Think Wilmer Flores. Um, They've also done a good job developing top of the line pitching. Think Alex Wood, right? Um, And then the guy in charge of drafting was in charge of drafting for the, the Rays. And so we're giving a guy who hasn't drafted above the top 15 or maybe even the top 20 maybe ever in his career, depending on when he started with the Rays, and we're handing him the third overall pick, right? So if they go with anybody else besides Langford, Cruz, Skeens, maybe Teal, I will be very shocked because there are people in charge who have a proven track record of making good decisions. And even if it looks like a bad decision, could wind up being a good decision. This uh, the, The Rays guy just drafted Xavier Isaac, who nobody had ever heard of. Yeah. I remember us watching it on draft night. And we were like, what is, that's not Ooh. a person, right? But it is. And he's actually really good right now. So I think there's a level of trust that goes into just to, to what the Tigers are going to do based on the track record of the people making the decisions. Um, so if they decide, Hey, maybe we like Clark, maybe we like Jenkins, I guess it makes sense. But I think they are at a time where they're trying to, they, they said before this year, we're going to let the young guys play, right? They want to see what they have. And I think they're looking to make a push with a young core sooner than later. And if you're going to do that, I think you need somebody from college. I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm lockstep with you in that one for sure. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Final predictions, just final. I mean, if you got like a mock coming around or anything, you know, like don't spoil that. Don't, don't spoil content for yourself. But um, if you're looking at what the Tigers, you know, at three, what is your final prediction for who they end up with, and how do you think it falls kind of ahead of them? Uh, speak it into existence, Dylan Cruz. Uh, and I, and if it's if it's going to work out for Dylan Cruz, then what's going to happen is the Pirates are going to go Clark or Langford if they like Langford. But I, I, from all for all intents and purposes, I think it's going to be Clark. Sure. Um, if it's not then, Cruz, right? And then Skeens yeah. goes to because I, I have not heard anything other than that the Nationals love Skeens. Yeah, same. So that leaves me very confident the Tigers are going to get a good hitter. Um, but if they're going to get Cruz, they need Clark to go first. Yeah. And then obviously the Tigers take Cruz, and then Langford goes one pick after to the to the Rangers. So I, that's, a, 
very specific scenario that probably right, will not obviously. happen. Realistically, it probably goes Cruz, Skeens, Langford. Which I'm I'm throwing a parade. I'm very yeah. happy with that. I do, mm-hmm. in that weird scenario you laid out first, in this weird scenario that will probably is, is, is never going to happen, if there is a crazy scenario, zombies walking around the earth, where Cruz and Langford are both at three, are you taking Cruz? Yes. Okay. That no was doubt. just my question. Was like, if, if there, you know, it's not going to happen. But like, for all intents and purposes, if you did have both of them on the board, who you go with? I mean, no hesitation. It's got to be Cruz. But it's amazing that we can be at a point where if the, if that happened and the Tigers took Langford, cool. <laughs> right. You could have yeah. had Cruz, but awesome. We got Wyatt Langford. You know? Right. So it, it's, and what, what's going to come into play is the fact that the teams picking one and the teams picking three have so much draft slot money, signing yeah. bonus money, because now they have to make a decision. Do we try to go over slot or do we try to go under slot with our first pick and see who falls? That's a very dangerous game to play for me personally. I know it worked out pretty well to get Madden and Pacheco out of it and also get Job, but. I mean, the Tigers have so much money that if you want to, you can take Langford, Cruz, pay slot, maybe over slot, whatever it is. It won't be that much over slot. You have so much money. You can probably go still try to get the guy at 37, right? I mean, it's it's entirely possible. I'm just going to use this guy as an example because he happens to play near me. My The team I help coach actually played him uh, during the season. He's in our conference. But it's a kid named Blake Walters, um, who is a, a prep guy who's seen his stock rise. He's kind of a back end of the first round, maybe second round kind of area. Sure. But let's say you get Langford at three. It goes it goes Cruz, Skeens, Langford. You get Langford at three, you sign him at slot, maybe a little over, depending on what his ask is. I don't I think you just pay him whatever you want, whatever he wants. Um and then you get Blake Walters at 37 and you sign him away. All of a sudden you have what is a, a really good prep arm throwing 97 to 99 in game as a starter with a nasty hook. Uh, it might be a slider, but a nasty breaking ball. And you sign him away. All of a sudden you got two really, really good picks and you didn't try to wait for somebody to drop. You attacked with your third pick to get a big guy. And then you got somebody who dropped anyway, because there's going to be someone there that you can take a chance on. And the Tigers have the money to do it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I very last question that I promise I'll let you get out of here. Looking deeper into the draft outside of the first round, I know that it at one point it just becomes a huge grab bag. But is there anybody in maybe the the earlier post first round rounds rounds like two through four maybe um, that you kind of have circled that you really like either for the Tigers or just like in general who are kind of like the the later picks that aren't talked about in the national media that you like? Well, Blake Walters is certainly one. Sure, um, that's that's a, a really really awesome awesome pitcher. I, I'm a huge fan. Um, I heard unconfirmed, but I've heard that he was hitting 101 in bullpens with teams. So he's kind of good. And I would, I I think he's awesome. Um, I actually like Morales a lot too. I know he's not like a top, top guy. I don't know where he's projected. He could be back into the first. So I'm sorry if he is, but, but I think he's super interesting because he is, he's got a ton of power and he's still super raw. He's aggressive at the plate. He likes to swing a lot. Sounds like a Detroit Tiger already. Doesn't walk, strikes out a lot. But he he has so much power to tap into. I mean, he hit, what, 20 home runs this year? In three years, I think it was something like 39, 40 home I don't know. But yeah. he just he mashes the ball, giant exit velocities. And um, if, if you think you can refine it, whatever team thinks they can refine it, I think he's going to be a good good pick for someone, too. 
Awesome. Well, I think that's all I got for you. Before we get out of here, why don't you plug anything? I know you said you, you finished some stuff up this morning. Plug anything you got coming out throughout the week. Yeah, um, so I finished up that uh, draft preview article for Baseball HQ. Like I said, that's going to have Kyle Teal, potential Tiger, uh, Yo-Yo Morales, and Rhett Lauder, who's also a ton of fun. Um, he's probably, for me, SB2 in this draft behind yeah. Skeens. And there's probably some debate there, depending on prep, whatever. But um, I, I like Rhett Lauder a lot, so I got that coming out. Um, and then I, I don't have anything planned at the moment on, on bless you boys. I'm sure I'll be covering draft content there as well as doing a live stream with, uh, with Raj and the gang. That's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to tune into that on draft night. Scott and I will both be there. Uh, probably less camera time for me, which is good for everyone's eyes. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, just, you know, it's, it all comes across my Twitter. If, if you're watching, it's right down there at Hooth Trevor, give me a follow and you'll have all of my content coming at you in one place. Fantastic follow. Very, very solid follow. I appreciate you finally being able to come on the show after the draft. I'm sure we'll, uh, well, I say I'm sure, maybe a year and a half from now, we'll have you, have you back on the show. We'll try for real. We'll try to uh, get you back on once we have our draft pool. Uh, yeah, two, two years from now, uh, be here because we'll talk about what happened in this draft. Right, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 2025 episode recapping the 2023 draft is going to be awesome. Um, the Seriously, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Locked on Tigers, we will be back tomorrow recapping the uh, Oakland A's game, game one, and uh, previewing kind of the rest of the series and some reinforcements coming back. I just got a notification while we were on air, actually, that Riley Green started his rehab assignment today. So that's super cool. Um, yeah, four games out of first, nine games out of 500, baby, just like we drew it up. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Peace out.